2022 was a was a good year, I think. Was it? For me, it was. I don't know about you, but it was a pretty good year. Okay. We did go to Vegas. That was a good one. We did go to Vegas. Vegas was nice. Vegas was nice. <laughs> Lost a bunch of money, but it's fine. I feel like you got to do that every now and then, you know? I mean, for the first time, me really gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. No, I mean, the funniest, <laughs> the funniest part of that entire trip to me, and I know you're not even probably going to remember this. The funniest part of that entire trip was when we went through that hotel, like a castle mm-hmm. <laughs> and the vibe in there was totally different than what we were used to on all the other casinos. You mean like the cozy one? Is that the one you're talking about? No, the one, so the one, I forget the name of it. It's the one that had the castle stuff all over it. And we walked through. Remember, I think your <laughs> your comparison to it was that's the Tallahassee Casino. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I do remember that. I remember the one that was really like cozy. I was like, I could have, I could have like laid a blanket down. Oh no, no, that was the one. It looked like Paris or something. Yeah, maybe that was the Paris. One. I can't right. remember. That one was good. Yeah, that was really good. More mature crowd. I think Aria was the best. Aria was the best. And one. we discovered that one. That was last. The very last night. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I mean, then there was the one with all the like the big chandelier stuff. That one had the that's where we ate it. The uh We ate it the same place. <laughs> that, that, was MG, that was MGM. Oh. <laughs> that was MGM. <laughs> <laughs> oh, went out and ate the same place. Man, Vegas, that was a good trip. So how would you um if someone's never been to Vegas before? How would you describe Vegas? It, they said, look, I'm thinking about taking a trip to Las Vegas. Like, you've been? Like, how was it? How, tell me about I, it. So I have a, a skewed view on Vegas. I feel like a lot of people don't like it. I feel like they they view it as, oh, it's way over the top, which it is. I just think it's, in small doses, it's good. I think you go two, three days max, spend all your money, and then and then get out of there, basically. Definitely have money to blow, I'd say. Yeah, and I mean, we did good. We did get a little cocky, I think. I didn't do that well. well <laughs> I spent a lot of money. Well, I do remember that the one time. You did well. Well, I did well, but then I blew it all. <laughs> I just remember the one the one time. I think we both said, "All right, we're going to take out three hundred dollars, and we're going to mm-hmm. we're just going to play these these slots until till we're done. You know, we're either going to win a bunch or we're going to win nothing." Mm-hmm. And like forty minutes into it. I've still got all of my money left. Like I've kind of won a little bit and lost it. And I look over and you're like, well, that was all of mine. <laughs> that was all of mine. I think I put like a hundred dollars into the um, slot machine and I played it, you know, I played it down probably in less than 10 minutes. That was a mistake. Probably. Yeah. That was a mistake. Yeah. So that- would you say the, would you say play the slots or would you say do some blackjack, play the tables? Yeah. See, I would absolutely say the card games are better. Mm-hmm. I just don't know enough about it. I'm a total right. rookie when it comes to that stuff. So if you do it's gamble, zone play the tables at Vegas. I, I think you'd have a better chance. If you notice a lot of the a lot of the high roller people are playing that stuff. Right. Which I am far and away not. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, nah, I mean, it, it was fun. I just, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff happened in that short period of time and the fire alarm going off while while you were taking a shower thinking I was pranking you, but literally the hotel's on fire. Uh, Then you got out and got mad and took forever because you didn't want to go downstairs (laughs) looking. I thought you 
I thought like you were joking. No. I thought you were joking. I was in the shower, and I've been in the shower probably less than a couple minutes at this point. Yep. And you're like, the fire alarm's going off. You gotta get out of the shower. And I'm like, dude, chill. I just got in the shower. Like, <laughs> stop playing. Like, I just got in here. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it was a real thing. Yeah, you were singing while the fire alarm's going off. People are running down the hallways. Luckily, it turned out to not be an emergency, but I think there was a small kitchen fire that they handled. But yeah. If you know me well enough, I sing in the shower. Oh, he he was singing in the shower. And then, of course, he gets out. Fire alarm's going off. People are rushing down the hallways. And instead of hurrying up and throwing on clothes to get out of there, you're (laughs) taking your time. You're, you know, brushing your teeth. You're shaving. Like, (laughs) I didn't think it was that serious. No, it was, it was kind of serious to me, but it turned out you were right. Right. Which I guess you didn't brush your teeth because that was when you... I did not brush my teeth. That's when you brushed your teeth in the middle of the strip. I brushed my teeth in the middle of the strip in Vegas. <laughs> didn't have a choice, you know. Yeah. If you've ever been to Vegas, you'd understand. But So um, this is the thing I want to um, tell everyone to be aware of. Um, I think you know where I'm going here. But if you're in Vegas, there are a lot of beautiful women and they are dressed like flamingos they have feathers everywhere (laughs) and they're very beautiful but i got attacked by two women in vegas and i'll tell the story this is the story this is my first time in vegas obviously so i don't really know how this works i do see a lot of beautiful women walking the street they're they have they have flowers not flowers feathers all dressed in feathers whatever they're, they're dressed normally as. in pairs for some reason yeah There's normally like two of them right yeah. normally in pairs so two of them come up to me and they don't really ask to take a picture they grab me and say let's take a picture so they grab me physically and say let's take this picture so I'm thinking okay I'm in Vegas you know I'm thinking these girls just want to take a picture with me. Um, so I'm willing to take the picture after I take the picture, they say, so where's our tip? Yeah, I'm kind of confused at this point. I'm like tip. I was, I don't have, I wasn't aware that I was giving tips to you for taking a picture with me, which you asked for. So instantly, <laughs> I, so instantly you think they singled you out because yes. they were like, man, he's just so good looking. And I he's thought so- I was so good looking that they wanted to take a picture with me in Vegas. Okay. So what they do is they work off tips. They take pictures of people, tourists, and they get tips. Right. Unfortunately, I didn't have a tip to give them. So they got very upset, which I tip everywhere that I go, just for the record. I tip. I think people are deserving of tips. Right. These women, these young, beautiful young ladies attacked me, I felt like, <laughs> grabbed me physically and told me and forced me to take a picture, which I clearly did not want to take so, in the picture. So did you feel like you were in danger? Is that what you're saying? After I said I did not have a tip, I was in danger. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I didn't I notice this because if you remember, I, I kind of, when I saw them approach you, I kind of dipped off to the side and went on up because I was like, I don't even want to have to deal with this. And then they came after me. Yes. Like they got in my face, grabbed me and was like, he said you were going to pay for it. <laughs> and, then <laughs> I I'll, throw you in it. and then I look over and you're grinning and like walking off. I had to throw you in it because yeah, I didn't have You totally threw me under the bus. Sorry, man. And okay. So they, after verbally and physically assaulting me, <laughs> I reached in my pocket and I think I had like $3. Yeah, maybe or less. Yeah, or maybe maybe like a dollar. <laughs> I, can't a dollar. E- I can't even remember, but 
I, <laughs> I said, this is all I have. And then she goes, a dollar. How she said, how is she going to eat? How is she going to eat with a dollar? So I have no idea. I have no, yeah, I have no idea. It's like, look, so if you're in Vegas and you do not want to take a picture, please be clear with these ladies that you do not want to take a picture yes. because they do work off tips and all due respect to them. They work hard, they do their thing, but you are required to give them a tip or expected to tip them after the picture. Yeah. So, and I understand that like yes. looking back on it, you, that's a service that they provided to you, right. but they need to be more clear as well, which is a good service because yeah. if you're a tourist and you're visiting Vegas, you know, you might want to have a picture with two right. beautiful women there and you might want to post the picture or whatever. So mm -hmm. they make you tip for that. They're out there working. So yeah, just, um, yeah, be aware of that if you're in Vegas. Tip the girls. Yeah, I don't. Tip the women. It was a scary situation. Luckily, that was that was really the only one like that we bumped into, right? Wasn't there a homeless man yelling at me when I was that, um, that, trying to walk away? That did happen. He was like, hey. <laughs> and, and another thing, I don't, I mean, I guess this is just Vegas in general, but I mean, how many times were we harassed about going to a strip club? I'm convinced that there's something special at these strip clubs. It's gotta be. We did not go to one. Every person that I walked by was like, hey, man, y'all want to go to the strip club? Y'all want to go to the strip club? I'm like, what is at this strip club? Yeah. Is it's, there something special about this strip club? And everybody's giving out limousines and, and VIP passes and all, just trying to make you go. I'm like, you know, I, don't, I don't get it, but, I mean, they there's some salesmen in Vegas. It's man, all, so it's all a scheme. They get obviously get paid to take you to the strip club. Yeah, but that's, I mean, if I want to go to the strip club, I'll go by myself. Do you get in for free if they take you? It didn't seem like it, but maybe. I don't know if you got in for free and then you paid them to take you, so that's the benefit. I'd rather just go myself. Same. You know? I'd, I'd rather call an Uber. Then get into some sketchy limo to go to some strip club that I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just not... That doesn't sound like a good time to me. Maybe it is. Clearly, some people do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would prefer... Uh, you would prefer to walk around the Bellagio... 10 or 15 times. Hey, look, I like the Bellagio. What can I say? Just one more. Man, if we just get one more pass around the Bellagio, we'll be look, good. Sometimes you got to get your exercise in, and if it happens to be doing laps around the Bellagio. Hey, you know. Oh, no doubt about exercise. If you go to Vegas, be ready to walk yes. because, my goodness, we walked. That's all we did. <laughs> now, that sounds pretty lame. further than I ever. No, I've walked. That was, that was the furthest I've ever walked in my life. I mean, it was fun. It was a good time. But, I mean, I... I'm looking, we need to go back. I feel like we're a little bit more aware of what we're doing now on the gambling side of things. We definitely have the do's and don'ts for Vegas. Right. Don'ts are, the don'ts of Vegas is don't blow all your money <laughs> on the slot machines <laughs> in Vegas. Because it will happen. Another don't is do not refuse to tip the women after you take pictures with them. Don't do that. And that's the only two I can think of right now, but there are more. Yeah, there's there's several. Um, you know, we messed up on that that one. We had like the best waitress ever at that one restaurant, mm -hmm. and uh, it, I can't remember what happened. Something happened with the the card reader, like it auto tipped or something. Like she she legit gave us desserts and all kind of mm -hmm. stuff, I and mean, it was it was incredible. And then we both tipped because of because she gave us free stuff on the bill. The bill was so low mm -hmm. that when it auto tipped like 15% or whatever, our tips were like $4 a piece, right. which was awful, but neither one of us had cash. Right. So we really didn't know what to do. So I would say that's another lesson. Bring cash. Yeah. 
Definitely. So since we're um, talking trips, you go on a lot of trips mm-hmm. and you video and you take a lot of photos for a lot of important people. So tell me about your uh, favorite trip. Uh, favorite trip is probably, probably the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. That was the coolest trip, the most fun trip. It was a lot of work, but we got to go follow this local kid that kind of followed in his dad's footsteps doing a bunch of fishing stuff. So he has his own little little small boat, and he does guided fishing tours and stuff. And that was a good trip. We we got down there. There's a lot of st- just like every trip, a lot of stuff went wrong as far as I almost got my drone confiscated, mm-hmm. you know, by customs. I thought for sure, you know, they're gonna they're gonna keep it and not give it back to me. Get through all that, get back to the room and realize they only booked us one room. So it was three guys having to stay in one little small room. So we went and got that fixed. <laughs> Finally get out there and actually get to go filming some stuff. And, and you know, the content is amazing. You know, everything down there is beautiful. But we get way off the off the coast one day and the boat starts sinking. So his, his bilge pump quit working and we were taking on water. Now, the water's not that deep, mm-hmm. but... I mean, you're in crystal clear water way off the coast. Right. We've seen plenty of sharks. There are sharks, yeah. yes. I mean, the water, where we were, the water's probably shoulder deep. So, I mean, it wasn't like I'm scared. It's of deep dying. enough for a shark. Yeah, I mean, it's deep enough to, to, I'm getting nervous. And then when you start seeing the, the captain get a little nervous, that's when, mm-hmm. that's when it kind of hits me. It's like, well, hold on now. Like, we're about to have to walk back to shore and we're a long way away. Mm-hmm. So, I was getting a little uncomfortable, but we got it fixed. And made it back. I mean, put together the piece. It was on on a new fishing pattern we launched, and I mean that was pretty crazy, really, pretty wild. Speaking of that, you said the um, the boat almost sank, which reminded me of a time where we sank the sea dew at Lake Martin. Oh you remember my, that? <laughs> oh my goodness! So we oh. hop on your grandmother's sea dew in Lake Martin, Alabama, and we think we're going to ride up the chimney rock. Yep. And we made it. And we did make it to Chimney Rock. And then the sea dew started sinking. For what oh reason, I don't remember. Okay, so she made a comment to me right before we got on it. She said, hey, pick up the seat and make sure there's no water in there. She said, I had I had an issue with it taking on water, but I think I got it fixed. I said, okay. So we get out there on the sea dew. Everything's fine. Perfectly dry. So I said, we're good to go. So we hop on it. We, we ride out. And this is a random Wednesday. We ride out and we're... You know, a good ways away. Anybody that knows Lake Martin, we started off close close to the Stillwaters area and then rode all the way to Chimney Rock. Mm-hmm. So we're out there. There's there's a good bit of people out there, nothing crazy, but we jump off and we're just kind of floating in the water, just hanging out really. And we decide to go back. I'd ask Shannon if he wanted to drive back. He's like, Yeah, man, sure. So as we start to get on it, I notice it's sitting a little low in the water. Very low. Yeah, very low, like up to the seat. Like it's what it's so then panic starts kind of sitting. <laughs> so we start swimming it to the shore. And as you know, at Chimney Rock, there is really no shore, it's just rocky cliffs. Yes. So the water is extremely deep. I mean, I'm getting, I don't know about you. I was extremely nervous. Um, there, I don't know what's under that. The water's so dark and deep. I don't know what's under there. I don't want to know. Yeah, so, I don't want to be in there swimming. And we're so far away. We have no phones. Like, Mm-hmm. This this was a in my mind at that time I don't know how old we were we were early twenties maybe maybe younger maybe, yeah maybe late I don't I don't remember 
but we start kind of grab, we grab the sea dew and start kind of swimming it toward the bank. And it's at this point, it's almost completely underwater. Like mm-hmm. the handlebars are out of the water. That's mm-hmm. about it. We get it to the shore. We're kind of sitting on a rocky ledge. I have no clue what to do. Luckily, this boat <laughs> sees us and they can tell like, obviously something's wrong. So they swim over and, and basically give us a tow back. I mean, they, they drove us back and then they called the, I think there was like the Kalaja Marina to come mm-hmm. pick up the sea and they, they got it back. But God, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I can't even express how scary that is, even though realistically we were in no danger. Right. It was just such a scary situation. Like were as soon you, as we got back, I was like, I'll never do this again. I'll never drive a sea again. You're swimming in the middle of nowhere in the middle of a lake with nothing to hold you up. <laughs> you have a sinking sea do no way to get back. No way to get back. I mean, all you can do is swim over to someone's boat and say, Hey, our sea is sinking. Can we get on the boat with you? And, and on top of that, you have to think about this at that age, all we want to do is be cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's like in that moment, we're beyond that. That's the least cool thing you can do is like these two guys clearly are in trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, Oh, that was horrible. Yeah. We've been through a lot of, a lot of tough times, I would say. Yeah. I mean, from there, a lot of the times in Auburn, even, I mean, splitting a can of SpaghettiOs. <laughs> back, when we were so, back when we were so broke, we couldn't even go to, like, we couldn't do anything. Our, our idea of fun was we would drive to Walmart and walk up and down the aisles. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me I'm lying, because that is literally what we I did. I think, like, true story that I probably lived off of $20 for months. Yeah. Me too. And that, yeah, as long as I had enough money to get in the bar, which was $5, <laughs> usually a friend with more money would cover it and oh. I get in for free. God, this, this is how, this is how man. dumb I was back then. This is like, you know, nine, 19, 20 years old. So I had $20 that I just got from my grandmother and I took a friend out to get ice cream. I was not under the impression that I was paying for the ice cream because this was my last $20. So I spent my last $20 for the month on ice cream. In the name of being cool, man. In the name of being cool. No, see, that's it was not cool. That is one thing that, that me and you've talked about this. When you're 18, 19 years old, you know, your parents... Uh, family members, friends, whatever, anybody that's older and has experience, they tell you all this stuff. Like, you know, you think you know, you think you got it figured out. You think you know what's important. And at that age, you do. You you feel like, man, I don't want to hear this stuff. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But I can honestly say, looking back on every bit of that, they were all right. Every one of them were right. For sure. I mean, they they tell you. I, I feel like the reason that we don't take that advice as like kids because they don't really tell you how exactly how it's going to be they don't tell you they just hey you don't you don't know a lot right now like we know we've been through it but you're not giving me like a a blueprint to how to how to go from the struggle and get out of it Mm -hmm. you're just telling me it you know my my family always used to tell me um don't ever mess your credit up Well, that doesn't teach me about credit. Yeah. You're just telling me not to mess. It almost my makes credit you scared up. of credit cards. Exactly. Yeah. So you're you're not you're not providing any benefit there. It's more, you know. And once you get older, I learned that a lot of uh, older people don't know, don't have it figured out either. Right. 
they want to prevent you from messing up or making the mistakes that they made, but they still don't have it figured out. No, that's, I mean, that's absolutely right. I mean, I've, I can't explain the amount of just world life experience I've, I've gained even from 25 to 30. Right. I mean, much less 15 to 30. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable really. Right. Just everything changes. Yeah. Your, your values, everything that you feel is important. It's just not the same. Right. And luckily we did have people around us, friends, family, everything that you know, valued us and the the path we were on, you know, because a lot of people don't have that. Right. I mean, a lot of people are completely on their own. Yeah. And although you feel like you're on your own at that time, you're not. You just got to mm-hmm. you got to listen to what they're saying. I feel like that's, that's the biggest thing that helped me. So when I was that age and didn't yeah. have anything and you know, it was dead broke. The only thing that I had was my friends. And that was a big influence on who I became in the long run. Uh, so I would say if you're, you're 19, 20 in college and you're struggling and, you know, don't have a lot of money. First off, I used to do things based on how I felt. If I didn't feel like doing anything, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And as you get older, it's like you put how you feel about things to the side and you just do what's necessary and get, get the job done. But um, definitely having a good friend group to motivate you and seeing your friends do things definitely helps. So if I didn't have the friend group that I had, I definitely wouldn't have turned out the way that I, I turned out as a man, definitely. No, we had a really good friend group. I can I can honestly say that. I mean, the people that were older than us, that were our age and younger than us, I mean, everybody around us was – had a really good head on their shoulders. Everybody made stupid mistakes, yeah. including me. I mean, including you. Yes, I've seen you make some stupid ones. You've seen me make some stupid ones. Mm-hmm. But luckily, you know, you get older, you you weather a lot of that stuff, and then now you can kind of look back and laugh on it. But I, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine growing up now, you know, with the access to the stuff that that's available. I mean, mm-hmm. luckily we were able to grow up without a lot of this technology, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cell phones and stuff were basic when we were in high school. Very basic. You know, we, I, we had, a, we had cell phones in middle school and stuff, but they were, they were so basic. I mean, you couldn't even text really. Right. Luckily that stuff kind of grew after we, I feel like we were old enough to handle it. Cause I could not imagine being a kid, you know, with this stuff now. I, I couldn't imagine it. It's, it's just, uh, uh like you feel it's like a freedom to being without the technology. Mm -hmm. And I know if a a lot of younger kids may hear this and be like, Oh, they're old. They experienced life without technology. You don't really understand until you feel the freedom of not having the phone. You you don't really understand what life used to be like without that. And, and, and it's, it's freeing. You know, I feel like we're speaking about watching movies um, earlier and I can be watching a movie by myself or watching Netflix or whatever, and that'll be playing in the background and I'll be on my phone. And it's just, it's such a distraction. I'm in, I'm in the gym every single day and I recognize the addiction that everyone has to, to their phones. Um, in between sets, they're on their phones and it's just, it's really bad. It, some people strictly go in the gym and they'll sit for, you know, 30 minutes on their phone. And it's just, like I said, it's freeing 
to be without that technology. You definitely, I think, I feel like it's good to have a break from it. That's what I'll say. No, it definitely is. A lot of those, you know, we were talking about trips and stuff earlier. A lot of the trips I go on for work is great because there'll be no service, mm-hmm. you know, so you're almost forced away from it. Right. You know, although yeah, I'll be working with a camera or something like that. It's like, I'm still in the moment. I'm still mm-hmm. seeing everything. I'm having to focus on what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I'm guilty of it too. Same thing like the movies and stuff. I'll, I'll have somebody talking to me, having a conversation and trying to watch a movie and trying to look up something on the internet and everything else. And I'm not getting any of that information. I'm not paying, I'm not getting anything from any of those those things. I mean, it's, which is really sad, but. So tell like, um, talk to someone that's like, talk to someone that's around like 18, 19, 20 years old. What did, what did, uh, life look like as a kid without a phone in your hand? Oh, it was great. And what did it feel like? No, I mean, it felt so much to me anyway, it felt so much slower. Mm. And I don't know if that's one of those things where to him. I don't know if that's one of those things where, you know, you just get older and you feel like time's going so fast. I hear that all the time. It's like, really, I haven't noticed that necessarily as much as, you know, you, like you said, you look down at the phone, you're watching movie. Next thing you know, the movie's over, mm-hmm. you know, used to, you, you had to figure out something to engage you. Mm-hmm. Not saying we didn't have movies and stuff and video games and all that stuff we did, but you know, I, I kind of lived out in the middle of nowhere. So we had a lot of trees and horses and stuff like that. We could kind of go, go mess with them. I and we were shooting funny videos and stuff when we were 17, 18. I mean, we just had to get out and do stuff. Climbing trees, riding yeah. bikes, four wheelers, everything. Trails, you know, everything. just nature. Yeah. Just getting so. outside. I mean, we, and I'm not even sitting here trying to say, oh, you know, you need to get outside. That's what you need to do. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, looking back on it, I'm really glad we, we had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Getting know? outside, I mean, is important. I, I like to yeah. go on like a camping trip. I like to go hiking. I like to go fishing. So all that's still important, For with sure. or without the phone. Mm-hmm. But when you said um, when you said it felt like time was slower, that's that ooh, that's that's true. No, that's I mean, it, right it, it was. And, I, you know, when you're a kid, you start looking at it it's like, oh, I'm bored. You know, like a car ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like an eight-hour car drive to Orlando. It seems like it took, you know, 20 hours. Mm-hmm. And now you've got videos and TVs in your car and, and all this stuff. So it's like, oh, we're doing everything we can to make it easier. I mean, it does make it easier. Mm-hmm. And it made everything seem faster. I mean, I have little cousins and stuff that their faces are glued to iPads mm-hmm. all the time. We're addicted to speed now. Oh, yeah. I'm addicted to e- it. Even the videos. Yeah. Even the, even the, sure. the TikTok videos, the Instagram reels, YouTube shorts. You know, we're addicted to speed. Absolutely. We have no patience. Can you, do you remember the times when we had to wait on internet to yes. load and stuff? I think about that so now. It's good. like, oh my God. When a, if a page takes two seconds to pop up, I'm getting pissed off. Yes. YouTube has like, if you don't have a subscription, it has two ads now. Yeah. And I lose my mind every time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, too many. It's just what I'm saying. And it used to, we couldn't even do that. Now you can have a phone and you can look up any information, watch any video, anything. I mean, it's, it's crazy. GPS stuff. I mean, we're so lucky to grow up in a time where, oh, I don't know where I'm going. I'll just punch it in my phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine our parents and stuff having to have the big maps and stuff. I, I can't, I, um, I can't believe it. I heard Dave Chappelle say, he said, he said, um, you know, we used to live in a time where when you picked up the phone, you didn't know who was on the <laughs> other end. <laughs> That that's that's scary now. That is scary. Uh, People used to show up at your house unannounced. Oh my that, God. That's when you had company. Yeah. Like company would come over and it's like, oh, we have company today. If someone shows up at your house unannounced without a phone call, they are creeps. 
Yeah. Nowadays. That is creepy. Yeah. It's creepy behavior. You get, you panic when the doorbell rings. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't order anything. Right. You know, (laughs) you instantly think something's wrong Mm -hmm. when used to, it was just somebody stopping by to say hello. Right. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's a good thing, but it's a, it's a scary thing. I just thinking on like where the internet has gone now in such a short period of time. And I, I hear other people talk about this all the time. Imagine what things would be like in 20 years. You in 20 years will be 50. Mm-hmm. That sounds so old, but it's really not. It's not. It's really not. In, in your full life, it's really not. Right. So, I mean, 50 years from now, what's the next internet? <clears throat> I mean. I feel like it's going to. I feel like the evolution of people and what we're becoming is just going to be different. And I don't know if I necessarily personally like it. I, I personally like human connection. I I think it's natural for people to enjoy another person's energy. Mm-hmm. And when it when you separate that and it gets awkward to look someone in the eye or have a conversation with a stranger that you don't know, even though they have no ill intent towards you, you know, just approaching someone is weird in person. I don't like that. No, I agree. And everyone's not like that. I'm not saying everyone gets those weird vibes, but it, 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 I can see the change. I, I can, I realize that energy shift. Um, it's just awkward when you pass someone that you really don't want to look in the eye or speak to, you pick up your phone. Even if you're not looking at anything, if you're at a party or at a club and you don't have anything to do, you just pick up your phone and go to the calculator or or act like you're (laughs) doing something. It's a mechanism to get away from it. It's to get away from human interaction. And the further in technology we go, I just feel like that we just take away even more of that. Do you feel like in that same sense, do you feel like that's kind of screwed up dating and relationships, stuff like that? Mm, Yes. I mean, you're a, I would definitely consider you a, emotional guy when it comes to stuff like that a, rom- a, a, a romantic guy i like, am very romantic yeah, you, you love that kind of stuff you always <laughs> have so i mean would I you am. feel like that's kind of made it yeah, better or worse i think i think the i'm glad you brought that up dating in 2022 2023 i think the perception of options is what's messing up dating if you get on a dating app and you've matched with 50 guys or 50 women then your perception of them being options will take you away from spending time getting to know this one person. But those really aren't options because one, even if you match with that person, you don't even know that person. Even if you've had a conversation with 50 different people, those aren't options because one, you haven't met them Two, You don't know who they are. You don't have any type of connection to them. So the perception of you having options the fact that you can DM someone and they may respond, they may not. The fact that you get DMs from multiple guys, maybe if you're an attractive woman, whatever the case may be, the perception of you having those options just takes away from you spending time with that one person that you may have had something with, but it you can, you have access to so many people. Um, yeah, it definitely, definitely messes up dating. And just think of, a long time ago, if like your grandparents, for instance, mm-hmm. if you met a lady through like a friend group or you've seen her at the grocery store or something like that, and you only seen her and you've seen the ladies at work that you work with and your family, you were not looking at ass all day on social media. Yeah. I mean, that, 
how much does that affect you subconsciously? Even if you do not want those women, even if you're not interested in those women, you cannot go on Instagram and not see that as a man. And you can't go on Instagram as a woman and not see hot guys. So how can like subconsciously you just have it in, you have to have it in your head. That's like, if this doesn't work out with this person, look at everything that's out here. I have the whole world in front of me. Yeah. And every time something bad happens in your relationship, you know, you get an argument, you start feeling doubts about whatever. And then you get that dopamine kick in from Instagram or whatever else. I mean, yeah, you start, it it just creeps in even more and more. If you leave your relationship, even I'm not saying if it's bad, leave it, of course. But what you have the option of doing, yes, is going to post on Instagram and you immediately get validated by all those guys or all those girls that are going to like your pictures. They're going to comment on everything, but those are not options you do not know those people just because they like your picture does not make them an option. You don't even know if you're, you know, you don't even know if you're compatible with that person that you're fantasizing about that follows you on Instagram. It's crazy. Yeah. You just see a picture. You see the best points of their life. Like nobody's sharing the worst things about their life. You know, that's, that's the problem with it is it ends up being a, basically just a brag board. Mm -hmm. And Obviously, we used to use Instagram all the time. Mm-hmm. I still have one. I don't have Facebook anymore, but I just I wish I could disconnect from more of it. Instagram is good for business, um, but it, it's used by majority of people for like a dating profile is what it is. Yeah. If we're being real, it's a dating profile it and is. everyone knows it. That's why we probably all been in a situation where your girl asks you, why are you liking that girl's picture? Yeah, because she knows that that means you're interested in that girl somewhat. Yeah. And you're trying to give her a subliminal sign that, hey, I just liked your pick. That means I'm interested. Um, so, yeah, it's a dating profile. What would you say is the, I guess, the 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 sweet spot of kind of technology and dating? Like, I know you mentioned because of technology, you get access to all these people you wouldn't normally have access to, which could be a good thing. I mean, that's almost like, well, I live in a bigger city, so I have more dating opportunities or whatever mm-hmm. versus a really small town. But that's not necessarily saying the quality is is where it would be in that small town. So what would you say would be kind of a healthy medium for that? I think it's just I think if I'm giving my personal opinion, I think it's just the person. I think you screen you screen the person that you're with. If you're dating that person and you know that they're not the type of person that would do anything disloyal um you know that i mean that it's kind of it's kind of tough because everyone is on social media you can't check your girl's dms you know she can't check my dms that's basically invading privacy um so a happy medium i would say um uh, more quality time and boundaries with the phone if you're in a relationship and we're watching a movie tonight there's no phones we're not picking up our phone. We're not texting. It has to be some type of boundary somewhere. If it's not a boundary with the social media, it's going to ruin the relationship. I've been a, I've been a victim of it. I've taken my attention away from a relationship to be on my phone more, to post everything. I got to post every dinner. I got to film a selfie when we're going everywhere. And I'm not even paying attention to the person that I'm with. I'm just posting on Instagram for someone else. You know, versus yeah. being present in my relationship. So I think boundaries with that and just an understanding with your partner, I think would be nice. No, that makes total sense. 
have you ever ran into a situation in a um, relationship where a phone was a problem? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar stuff to you're saying. And I try to now, you know, watching movies and stuff, I, I, I really do try to to stay in the moment. Even on trips and stuff, I I really try not to be on my phone that much. I'm honestly on my phone a lot more when I'm by myself just because I feel like it's a boredom thing, mm-hmm. which I wish I could get away from doing that too. But no, I I completely agree with you. I, I think there's a there's a good thing with it and a bad thing with it. I think professionally, social media is is definitely important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think you in today's age, if you don't have a social presence and you're job seeking or something, I mean, you're you're really cutting yourself short. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know in the the creative world, there was a a lot of networking through even Twitter. I mean, I, I got my first job at in design stuff at Auburn through through Twitter. Hmm. So, I mean, yes. yeah, it's like if I didn't have Twitter, I wouldn't have worked there. So, I mean, you've, you've got to have stuff like that to do it. I, I do think the relationship part is very dangerous. I think it causes more harm than good. It's just one of those things, like you said, you got to be, be conscious of how much time you're spending, how much energy you're spending on it, and make sure it's not affecting the right. the rest of the stuff have to be consciously aware of yeah yeah you and really a thing yeah and that's a, that's in everything but I mean I think we're all capable of doing that I just don't think I don't think it's very easy right now and as more things like TikTok and stuff like that come out right I mean it, it makes it more difficult but that's why sometimes like I look at like my dad he he doesn't have any social media doesn't care about social media at all just mm-hmm. like most parents would but mm-hmm. and he just seems so much more stress free with a lot of it. Mm-hmm. He's just enjoying the things he enjoys mm-hmm. doing versus watching other people do the things they enjoy. Life. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and kind of not, not hating on it, but kind of just being envious. I mean, right. You know, like I said, people show the best parts of their life. You know, they're showing the trip to Greece and stuff right. like that, but everybody's going through shit too. Right. So it's not a, it's not one of those things where it's like, Oh man, I've I had a horrible day today and, I need to get on social media and talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it with no makeup on and all this stuff. Nobody's doing that. So they show, they showed you the trip to Greece, but they didn't show you how they just broke up with their boyfriend or girlfriend right. and they're, or how they feel miserable or how they had to put the entire trip on their credit card. Right. And you know, now you come back and you're late on your rent or whatever. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. I'm just saying there's more of that than you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a sticky situation. really. So I want to, since we're on this subject, I, um, Recently, this has been in the past couple weeks or maybe even week. I've spoken to two different people that said they were unhappy in their relationships. Mm-hmm. This is seems to me to be a very common thing. I mean, the per, one person I was talking to, I will not say names, but one person I was talking to was engaged. I thought they were engaged they're no longer engaged and um, they have children and they all of a sudden became unhappy in the relationship and talked to another person that, you know, a professional relationship of mine that was kind of dealing with the same thing, saying that they're growing apart. And so it seems to me like a lot of people our age are becoming unhappy with relationships. And I want to share why I think that is. Let me hear it. (laughs) One reason I think, people become unhappy in relationships. My, my thing always goes back to spirituality. I am 
not scared to admit that I am a spiritual person, that I have a relationship with God. I think a lot of people are scared to even say that out loud. So if, if, if you're ashamed of your spirituality, how would you ever find someone? How would you ever find another spiritual partner that matches you? How would you ever find your soulmate if you hold that part back? You know, I feel like that's something that needs to be shared openly with people more often. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason I, I think people end up unhappy is because a lot of people in our generation are not religious. I feel like in a relationship, there has to be something bigger than yourself. Right. I think, you know, the heart, if you, if you follow your heart, the heart can deceive you. It's deceiving. The brain's going to allow in doubt. It's going to allow in anxiety. You can feel all those things while in a relationship with someone. You can start doubting the relationship. You can get anxiety about the relationship. Uh, you might follow your heart and, and it might have may have led you to a, a bad place, whatever the case may be. So the body will lie to you, right? Mm-hmm. Your body will, it, it's been proven, it will lie to you. When all that fades away, the feeling of things like the honeymoon phase, if you get tired of this person, if you're doubting this person, what do you fall back on other than yourself? You have, I feel like you have to have a spiritual connection with a person to have a successful relationship. Everything else fades. It, that's to be worked on. I feel like a lot of those things take work, like intimacy, you know, dating your woman, um, treating her right, doing nice things for her. I think all that's work. I think at the core of it, there has to be a spiritual relationship with your with your woman, because if there's not. Who is there to answer to? yourself, which yourself can, you, you can, your body will lie to you is what I want going yeah. back to that. Yeah. Um, it's not all the honey. It's not the honeymoon phase all the time. And what do you do when I'm just, I'm having doubts about this relationship, man, we've been together for this amount of time and it just doesn't feel the same anymore. So you just, you just, now you're unhappy. Okay. Who's, who said you have to be happy all the time? What about making the other person happy? Yeah, and that's I think that's where you've got to find happiness in making somebody else happy. Right. You know, like once you get to that point, you're in I mean, that's everything's easy. Right. And you got to get there, but I mean, yeah, having that belief is definitely a key part of that. Right. Cuz you got to know even when things are bad, there's a reason. You know, there's a reason I'm in this situation, in this relationship, doing this job, whatever, there's a reason I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's for something bigger than Exactly. That's, you know, reason. that's for something bigger right. than just my feelings in this moment. Right. It's bigger than my heart It's bigger than the doubt that my brain's giving me the anxiety, everything that I'm feeling in this relationship. We know together as a couple that we have a bigger purpose as a couple. We believe in the higher power. We believe in God. We have a spiritual connection. We know that even in the hard times of our relationship, we're still going somewhere with each other versus just we're unhappy. Nobody wakes up happy every day. At all. I I heard someone say um, that, you know, happiness can be based on things like accomplishments, whatever. Um, And they brought up joy, Um, just carrying like a joyful presence. And the person said that this joy that I have, the world did not give it to me, so it can't take it away. Which I thought was really good. I was like, because the world is not always going to bring you happiness. No. Happiness is, is very short lived sometimes, 
but that joyful presence, smiling and, and appreciating life, that joy like that does not have to come from the world. That can come from you. It's a mindset. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you hear a lot of stuff like manifesting things and, and I believe in that, man. Like I think if you, if you're focused on something hard enough and long enough and, and that's what you want to happen, mm-hmm. everything's not that way. Some, I mean, some things are restricted to height and athletic ability and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of that stuff, you can manifest it. I mean, you can, I know that's a kind of a cheesy word that a lot of people use, but right. it's just that belief. Right. And it all goes back to some sort of belief. You got to believe in something. Exactly. It has to be bigger than you. Yeah. yeah bigger than your internal feelings in that moment. Cause we've talked about this. Me and you are, were some of the world's worst when we were younger of reacting on our emotion at that moment. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us are super over emotional people right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say I'm way on the far other end of that, mm-hmm. but probably not in a good way. But I've seen the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, maybe that's why I've overcorrected it. But I just know reacting based on how you feel at the moment is not going to be healthy for you because if you're doing that you're going to react differently to every situation no matter what you know you're going to be the most fun person ever when you're in a great mood and you're going to be the worst person to be around ever when you're not mm-hmm. i can be that way mm-hmm. i know that i mean it's just something to work on and when you're with someone as well <clears throat> and when you when you're with someone th- things i feel like things may change sometimes as well so your partner may go through like a rough patch. I mean, they life may happen to them. They may lose their job. They may start a new career, whatever it may be. And I don't, like I said, all those things can change. Like feelings can change. Your, your mind can change. Your heart can change or whatever. But who are you if all those things change? Like you're not defined by your career. That, that doesn't define who you are as a person. Right. You know, so it's like, who are you as a couple? If you don't have anything that you have, if she doesn't have the career, if you don't have the career, if y'all lose everything, who, who are you two as individuals? Is that, is that where the connection lies or does it just lie in what this person provides, what she gives to me? You know, it's, um, yeah, man, I think, I think going back to what we were talking about, people being unhappy, I think it all goes back to something that's bigger than them. And I, I give my happiness to like my spirituality and try to create that joy in something that's bigger than myself and being open about that. Because like I said, how can you ever attract somebody that matches your soul and your spirit? If you never are open about it, yeah, if you're not showing, if you're not kind of showing your own inner drive, right. And kind of what, what you're all about. But that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is most people, they're showing what they feel like people want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not showing, how they truly feel. It's trendy. Like I've, I've told you this a bunch of times. Like, I feel like a lot of people is like, Oh yeah, I love to cook. I don't like to cook. I'm not going to act like I like to cook. Mm-hmm. Even if somebody's like, Oh, well, you know, this, this girl or whatever is going to like that. I can cook. I don't care. I don't like to cook. So why would I pretend right. to like to cook? I don't like cooking. That's fine. Right. Hopefully, you know, you find something that you, that you're compatible with. Mm-hmm. And it's not one of those things to me that you got to, you're not, you shouldn't be trying to make yourself some sort of billboard. You know, I know based on everything I've read on even this stuff like this, you got people talking and explaining what they think is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've heard this guy on TikTok or Instagram say that, you know, I need to wake up at four thirty every morning and go do this. And that's going to make me more appealing to a girl. No, that's not how you should do that. 
you should you should express yourself, express what you believe in, your values, all that stuff, and then find somebody who's mm-hmm. attracted to that and relates to that. Because right. if you don't, you're going to end up, okay, well, on the surface, I like her a lot. She likes me a lot. But now that we've really gotten into it, we don't match at all. Right. Because we basically sold ourselves. You know, we're salesmen. We're selling a house to each mm-hmm. other. And right. now we're stuck in this weird thing right. of, of pretend. And I, and I don't think it's wrong to, <clears throat> I don't think it's wrong to in the early stages of seeing someone or dating someone that you do present your best qualities. You want to present your best you qualities, but it's yeah. your best qualities. Right. Not, exactly. I'm not going to pretend to do things that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, Channon, Channon, you know, impressed this girl by, by saying this, so I'm going to do the same thing. That's, right. that's not the way to do it. Right. I don't think you should present anything that you're not willing to do on a regular basis. Like if you do not like to cook, then it's going to be clear that I'm not going to be the person that's going to be in the kitchen all the time, whipping you up right meals. That's just not me. I don't enjoy cooking. And if you, if you start off on that and cooking is a very generic example, but if you start off on that, you know, after a year of that, are you, do you still have that same energy of like, Mm -hmm. I started off telling her I like to cook. So now I'm having to cook every day Mm -hmm. and I freaking hate cooking. Right. So now that starts, you know, kind of wearing on you. And then, and again, cooking is, this may be a metaphor. It may be a metaphor for something else. Yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's that way with everything. You gotta, you gotta be true to yourself, man. And I, and I say you, I mean, I'm speaking to myself as well. It's tough. It's hard to be true to yourself when you're on Instagram. No, it is. And I'm not trying to take shots at Instagram by any means, but when you see what's trendy and you see what other people like, it's everyone wants to fit in. And there's nothing wrong with fitting in, but you post the same type pictures as everyone else. The same poses. We all know this. Yeah. The same. I have we've to do this it. pose. We, we've all done it before. Yeah. I have to wear this. So I have to um, pose like this or and it, everything. It's just, it's just trends, man. And it's hard to be yourself. Um, so yeah, that's my, it's definitely hard to bring out the uniqueness about yourself when, when social media is such a big influence. No, and I mean, it's a one, one way of thinking, I, I think, I mean, you've both reached this point is like, you all have a personal brand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I do, I do try to think that way. It's like, especially when you work for another company, you're trying to represent that company too. So like there's a, there's a persona that you kind of have to portray. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can seem like acting, I mean, I know when you did the music stuff, it's like I'm not saying that wasn't you. That was absolutely a part of you. Mm-hmm. But there were things you did then that you don't do now mm-hmm. because you're at a different stage. Right. You know, you're not you're not the manse. Right. All the time. You have to give the people what they want. Yeah. I mean, at that. Yeah. At that time, you have to act a certain way. And it's not mm-hmm. being fake. That's just right. the reality of it. I mean, as a realtor, mm-hmm. you have to give off a certain vibe. Right. We've talked about this. You dress differently. Right. You know, you have to, you're in a totally different mindset mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're meeting somebody and everybody could be a potential client. That's a mm-hmm. totally different thought process. Right. Like me, I'm in my head all the time. I'm always thinking of pictures and you know, what would happen if we did this and here's an idea to try this. Mm-hmm. So I, a lot of times forget about the rest of the stuff and I'm just in my own head doing stuff. Whereas that would be a horrible way to present myself if I was trying to sell a house. Mm-hmm. Cause then people are like, this guy's not paying attention. He's, totally zoning off thinking about something else. Right. He's wearing sweatpants 
all the time. Mm. Like that's just how it is. So you're kind of gearing, gearing your actions and the, the way you portray yourself towards what you're passionate about. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. Mm. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. That That's what I, I'm, that's why I'm glad we um, started this podcast because I, I do understand that, you know, starting a podcast is a, a trendy thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not being hypocritical here. Um, starting a podcast is very trendy, but it is an, a way that you can get your voice heard. Yeah. I feel like there's so many voices out there. Hey, why not, you know, put ours out there and our opinions because they do matter. And we've had know? so many, that's what, that's another thing. This isn't something we sat down and manufactured. Right. We have these conversations all the time. All the We've time. talked on the phone for four hours before. Right. So, I mean, I used to come sit at your shifts at Hibbets. <laughs> right. The whole time he would work, his shift would be from like, I don't know, noon to four or something. Mm-hmm. And I would be in there the entire time throwing the football, yeah. whatever. It was a long time ago. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was back in high school. But I mean, it's just, we, we always have these type of conversations. Right. And, and I just felt like, you know, hitting record on it. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like everyone does. Um, maybe other people don't want to express this way. Um, I know you and I are very creative. So I, I thought this was a great avenue for us to express ourselves and, and share our personal opinions. And, you know, I know we'll catch the audience of people that are interested in the things that we talk about and in the, in the things that the people that aren't interested, then that's fine, too. Um, but, yeah, man, um, I think in general, it's all about like you were speaking about the real estate or the music, it's really about the mindset and, and the way you can shift that to really, um, like you were talking about manifesting, you know, what you want. It's crazy how you can just think and focus on one thing and you can become that. And you can, and if you can bring enough communication, if you can learn something and communicate it, then you can make money from it. Yeah. Uh, you can make a career from it. So I feel like the mindset's definitely, definitely the most important thing, no matter what you're doing. No, for sure. I, I can speak on that specifically. My mindset growing up was always, you know, drawing and, and music and creating things and and just we shot those funny videos with, with everybody back in, mm-hmm. in high school. <laughs> just always trying to come up with something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we always wrote funny songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say funny. I mean, some of them were serious, but most right. of them were funny. Then that, that kind of drew us into the path where you kind of went down more of the music path. I went down more of the the camera, you know, picture, video, graphic design path, you know, which is, has led us here to, to where I'm doing this and you've done the music, you're doing the creative stuff here, you're doing the, the real estate stuff where, you know, that kind of involves all of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. The, the music sets you up for the kind of marketing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, which is a very hard thing to do to me. Marketing yourself is way harder than marketing a product or a, a company. I mean, yes. to me, marketing yourself is, is extremely hard. How did, how would you say the music part of that marketing yourself through social media, through just calling, talking to people, trying to get your, yourself stuff heard, trying to get on radio shows. How would you say that helped you toward the real estate stuff now? Um, I mean, if I, if I had to, um, compare the two, I would say with the music, I put myself out there and I was vulnerable and I believed in myself and it was authentically, you know, me. And when, you know, when you're writing music, you're very vulnerable and people related 
to who I was as a person through the music. So with the real estate, you know, I've been working in sales since, you know, 2015. So I basically took that as the next step in my personal sales career. So I feel like with real estate, even with this podcast, you know, um, making this a part of my personal brand, I feel like if I put myself out there as a realtor, um, just as me in general, um, I feel like people have always enjoyed me as a person who I am. So me putting myself out there with the music gave me the confidence to understand that people do like who I am. I am loved by a lot of people and whatever I choose to do, I feel like there's always going to be some people out there who are going, who are going to support it. Um, that's been proven, you know, even going back to the baseball days. Um, and that's, that's not just with me. That's with anyone. If you put your time and energy into something, you really work hard towards it. People are going to root for you. Um, so yeah, just marketing yourself as, um, who you want to be, you know, a professional, uh, uh, a, mu- a musician or, or a cook or a videographer, like whatever it may be, just put your craft out there, be authentically yourself and people are going to support you. Now, as far as help goes, you know, when I say support, I mean, enjoy <laughs> what you're doing. I do not mean help. A lot of people look for help in the early phases of what they're doing. If you, whether you're doing music, videography, um, a realtor, whatever it may be, you do need a coach. You do need somebody that is willing to see something that you may not see. You're lucky if you have that person. Um, but yeah, don't, don't expect anyone to help or share or like or comment. Don't expect those things. Just keep doing what you're doing and people will eventually, you know, if it's good, if you're good at what you're doing, they will, um, acknowledge it. I'll say that. All right. So I guess, from consistency and confidence, you know, confidence, confidence is very important. I would, mm-hmm. I would, I would consider and most people that know you would consider you a pretty confident person. That's what I've been told. You know, I'm, I, I feel personally, I'm pretty humble, but you know, <laughs> I feel like that can go hand in hand. You know, life, life has humbled me, but I try to stay confident. All right. So I have a very serious question then mm-hmm. All right, as a confident person, what Disney character mm-hmm. would you say most resembles you? Oh, Simba. Simba. <laughs> that was a quick answer. Oh, yeah, for so sure. Why, why Simba? Man, like the whole story. You know, he um he kind of lost his dad early. Um, not that I lost my dad. I do have my dad. He's alive. <laughs> um, he kind of lost his dad early. I think that was someone that he looked up to. And he ran away from his responsibilities as, you know, the new king. And... He went kind of in a, I wouldn't say a dark place with, you know, Timon and Pumbaa. You know, they did their thing, They but they, they seen something in him that he necessarily didn't see. He had other people see something in him that he didn't see, like Nyla, the, the you know, the girl that he ended up, the lion that he ended up being with. Um, so he had a good friend group, which was Timon and Pumbaa. And then he had a, a, a woman that seen something in him that he didn't see and reminded him who he was. So it's like, you know, um, he ended up like going back to who he was after losing all of that. And then really being like, you know, that guy, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like that's okay. You know, 
kind of you, you have some hardship in, in the beginning. You may go off on like a, another path and try to figure out who you are because you may have forgotten. You have some good friends. You have some people that believe in you and you come back and you're, you're stronger than ever. And, and you end up being the, the king. So <laughs> Simba, I, mean, Simba is, I can't think of a much better answer for that question. So let's let's turn let's turn this question around here. <laughs> let's turn this question around here. What um what character yeah, Disney it could be a Disney character or it could be a um yeah, let's stick with Disney characters. What Disney character would you say that you're most similar to? If I had to relate myself to any cartoon character, mm-hmm. probably Squidward. Squidward <laughs> Squidward's that guy. Yeah, Squidward's his times. I mean, Squidward's got you know he, he likes his alone time. Yeah, he he likes you know SpongeBob gets on his nerves a little bit, just like my neighbors here. Right, get on my nerves a little bit, but he plays his clarinet. Plays his clarinet. I mean, <laughs> I mean Squidward, <laughs> Squidward tentacles, man. I don't. I mean, you know who's a I think one of the most interesting characters of all time is um Bugs Bunny, man. Oh, Bugs, Bugs Bunny was slick. Bugs Bunny's had <laughs> He was slick. I mean, you kind of like got to be a 90s baby to yeah. really know about Bugs Bunny, but Bugs Bunny was that guy, man. If you just go watch, you, if you if you do not know much about Bugs Bunny, go on YouTube and type in the best of Bugs Bunny. I'm sure plenty of videos will pop up. The, the guy was amazing. The guy did it all. Bugs Bunny, yeah, but he had... I mean, he, not only did he do all the stuff there, but he also he played basketball with Michael Jordan yes. and LeBron. And he had a whole he had a whole Looney Tunes like crew, Just like a whole squad. basketball team, whole squad. I mean, the Tunes played squad, with man. Michael Jordan to beat the monster. What other cartoons done that? Nobody. No, I mean, he led the whole squad. Yes. Which I will say, another good one, uh, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry's good. No words. No words at all. Well, you can hear Tom yell every now and then. Yeah. He has some fun, like pretty funny yells. They, they had some words, right. but for and the most part. Jerry's uncle sang Crimbon. Jerry's uncle was that guy. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry was pretty good. Pretty, pretty this is my favorite part about Tom and Jerry when Jerry's uncle sang Crimbon on the guitar. <laughs> he broke his string. He snatched out Tom's whisker and restrung his guitar. Right in front and of him. killed it. Right, in, right front in front of him. him. He's a mouse. Yeah, with a cat. He should have been a very large cat. Yeah. Dang. That's that's. Yeah, I that's guess. Confidence. Yeah, I guess the message for that would be everybody needs to be more like Jerry's uncle. Yeah. I don't know what his confidence. name is, but shout out to Jerry's uncle. Yeah. He was a very confident guy. He was going to play that guitar by any means necessary. <laughs> <laughs> he could have lost his life over that. Over that guitar. But he was going to sing that song. Crambone. Crambone, man. Yeah, I we need a clip of Crambone. We need. We, we, we should add right a clip. Now. Yeah, we should add a clip of Crambone. Right now. Gotta rehearse my song. That's kind of pretty before it gets started, ain't it? Oh, Froggy Money Gordon, he did ride Crambone. Froggy went to court and he did ride uh, uh, Crambo. Froggy went to court and he did ride a sword and a pin and a revolver by his side. Crambo. Crambo kills la 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 me too. We got to go get something. Gotta make extremely hungry. Right, what do you want to eat though? 
Um, that's always the hardest decision. You just got to pick something and go with it. What about Japanese? That's always a good go-to. We get we get Zen pretty much every time you come here. So I'll say this for the audience before we go: if you ever go to a Japanese restaurant, do not. If you're with Dylan, do, do not, not suggest to sit at the hibachi table the and hibachi, watch them cook. I, I will he will not this. do it. Hibachi, the hibachi show part of that is the biggest waste of time. The hibachi show is the money. best part. It absolutely, it was when you were ten. It still is to no, me. I love no. it. I would much rather go sit in the hibachi place, get the hibachi, but have them bring the entire meal to me at a plate. Off to the side, we can sit at a table, talk, all that stuff without sitting next to some random family of people. With it is. Guy, it trying is to make awkward. small talk. And all. It's a little awkward. And it's awkward when the cook's not that good. And he blew he smoke. Drops. He blew smoke all in our face last time. He so did. I remember that. that was he cool. was horrible at flipping the utensils around, whatever. Yeah, he was see? bad at that. That's what I'm saying. So to me. But I feel like I have a personal chef. But, that's a ri- but see, that's a risk thing that you're willing to take that risk. To me, I'm more analytical where I'm like, man, it's a safer bet that I'm going to enjoy this meal mm-hmm. if I'm just over here by myself or with the, the group of people I'm with. Right. I agree. Well, how about you it is? I say let's do it, man.